in relocation, you tend to learn something new every day because you work with all, all types of people, people who care and want to keep helping others are very important in our business. How important is it to have a plan for career development um, for your organization? Um, I imagine you can't just wing it. Powered by NEI Global Relocation, this is Relocation Leader, the podcast where we help advanced professionals in the world of global mobility. Now, here's your host, Zach Turbis. Welcome to Relocation Leader. I'm Zach Turbis, Director of Marketing and Communications at NEI Global Relocation. We have with us Randy Wilson, CEO and President of NEI Global Relocation. And today we have an interesting topic, a good episode. It's our inaugural uh, episode of Relocation Leader, and we're going to be talking about continuing education so and what that means to, uh, to the relocation professional. Uh, so, Randy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, who are you? What do you do? Well, as you said, I'm the CEO and president of NEI Global Relocation. I was one of the um, consultants that helped the company get started. So I was in relocation for about five years before that, now a total of, I don't know, 40-something. So it's been a while, and I've learned a lot of things along the way. So I'm looking forward to speaking with you about it today. So how has relocation changed um, over the course of time that you've been doing what you do in, in relocation? It's become much more expansive. So we started out buying homes and selling homes, and that's all we did. And today we probably have, I don't know, 35, 40 services that we provide. So um, we provide a lot of support to our clients whenever they have a, a task or a function that they need done and they don't have headcount or time. A lot of times that's how we pick up new businesses. So the topic today is continuing education. Yes. And um, with regards to continuing education uh, in business broadly speaking, um, what has it meant to you um, to continue your education um, throughout your career and, and developing um, the careers of others? Well, I think that learning is an important thing that you need to do every day, whether it's something you learn for personal development or something that you learn for your job or something that you learn just for life in general. Because Every piece of your life will affect the other, and you'll benefit from it. Now, in relocation, you tend to learn something new every day if you don't learn two or three things new every day because you work with all, all types of people, people who are running mega corporations, people who are on production lines, and to see the and people from all over the world, different um, countries, different cultures. You just get to so much exposure to things and you get to learn every day. Is there a time at your, in your life or um, in your business career when uh, the, the learning curve seemed really steep? You know, I was fortunate to grow up in the business, so to speak. Uh, we took on household goods, then we took on helping people find new homes. Then we took on expense tracking, and then we took on, you know, the international. So I get to learn it as I went. Um, for individuals that come into the business today, it's a lot, and the learning curve is huge. So we always factor that in. They don't believe us when we hire them. That's going to take a while. 
and we're going to give them, you know, the opportunity to learn and they need to give themselves a break so that they can learn it. How important is it to have a plan for career development um, for your organization? Um, I imagine you can't just wing it. No. <laughs> um, we put a lot of value in career development and in learning, learning our business, our industry, and personal development. We have the NEI University so that everybody has the opportunity to take classes on the services we provide, the needs of our clients. There's some management training. We even have etiquette training, business etiquette training, um, because that's very helpful when you're meeting clients and when you're going into meetings. So uh, we put a lot of value on it. And we have uh, in our performance, uh, when we do quarterly performance reviews with our employees, we're talking about goals all the time. What's the next step? Uh, and that's the best way to make sure you have a lot of strength in your organization and you can handle succession planning. You can plan for the unexpected. So when I think about continuing education, um, it's not just vocational training. There's a lot that goes into education that's uh, sort of beyond just learning the technical aspects of your position. Um, do, does anything come to mind uh, when you're thinking along those lines um, as far as like, how do you get a fully orbed professional development program put together where you're not just training people to do a job, but to like think about how to be a professional in whatever, in whatever job they do? There are a couple of avenues that we use. The first is um, you start with the technical training. That's so you can become productive on the first day and you feel like you're contributing, right? But what's important to us is also teaching what I call the why. It's easy to do something, but it's hard to relate that to another piece of the function without knowing why you're doing it and how you're affecting, you know, somebody who's taken the next step after that or how the relocating families um, that might be great that you just set them up to talk to the household goods provider, but you really need to take that next step with the follow-ups, with the explanations. So we do um, a lot of training on the why. And again, that gives them a much broader aspect of the business. And then we take opportunities to help develop in those, um, well, I, I all I can think of right now is a social type setting where you're meeting with either prospective clients, you're meeting with our current clients, or you're meeting with service partners because we all work together in this. And so that's where the business etiquette comes in. That gives you your foundation on how to um, meet with those individuals, how to present yourself with confidence. Um, so as I said, we put a lot into it and we want to uh, help our employees become well-rounded. I'm two years into this industry, and, and for me, it's a very social industry. Mm, yes, you it know, is. You, <laughs> you can't get away from the, um, the fact that you work with tons of people to help tons of people. And, um, you know, I, I think of many examples of uh, the people that um, I relate to on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And uh, Philip, uh, one of our uh, uh, client development reps. Um, I mean, he started out as an AE and, you know, what he did as an AE, um, an account executive working with transferees, I feel like prepared him super well for his current task right now. Are there any other examples in your mind that um, sort of 
um, display how learning, growing in that social awareness um, has translated well, you know, into career development. I'd like us to take credit for Philip, but Philip has a certain personality to begin with, right? Um, So he's a bit of a natural for that environment. Uh, However, we have a lot of individuals in our organization that will move from one department to a totally different department. It always surprises me with somebody who's in the expense management or the accounting, a very numbers-oriented, wants to move into operations, which is very people-oriented, maybe into IT. We have individuals that we train up um, throughout the organization, and and they go into places where you think, I never expected that. What is it about NEI specifically? Because I notice that there is a ton of people who are hired internally here, more so than, you know, where I used to work. And so I'm just wondering, kind of, that has to be a business philosophy. Yes, it is. So when you say hire internally, you're talking about promotions or maybe even lateral moves when they want to get into a whole different line of the business. Um, and that that has been our model from the beginning. You know, when you start out as more of an operational company, you want to make sure you always have depth. And in order to grow, you have to have, I'll use a term that you would probably relate to, which is next man up, right? There always has to be somebody ready for either that new business or if the individual gets sick or decides to move. Nowadays, if they move, we can still keep them in most cases. But in the old days, you know, if you moved, it was harder to, to retain you as an employee. So how do you work with managers, though, um, when you're coaching them up to, uh-huh. um, to operate within that NEI philosophy of, like, we're going to invest in our people and make sure mm-hmm. that they are um, well-trained and capable to, you know, um, to have success in a variety of roles. And since that's your business philosophy, Mm -hmm. you know, I imagine you don't have one-on-ones with everyone in the organization, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, coaching up a leadership team, how does that look um, that may be different than um, coaching up uh, some of those other positions? Well, when we do it in doses, we do pretty much everything in doses, right? Because it's much easier to learn, to comprehend, and you need to gain some experiences. Uh, Sometimes individuals think, oh, I have all the technical pieces down. I'm ready to move up. What they don't have are the other, you know, 4,500 nuances that go along with that particular situation. That's just one situation. So when um, I'll give you an example of an account executive maybe moving into an operations account manager. When they go into that role, it's a bit of a hybrid. It is some managing of people, account executives, who they're really familiar with those processes. And then it is um, still doing some of the work that they did as an account executive, maybe working with high-level individuals. So their director is working with them on how to manage people, and it's a bit it's a bit 50-50 in the beginning until they take over that position in full of managing individuals. And then to become a director, um, you're being trained up because now your book of business and the people that, that uh, you work with, it's just growing. Um, so... When we're working in an operational um, aspect, that's how that's a very successful model for us. It has been since day one. When you're talking about maybe moving up in IT, that's a very specialty, right? 
And um, you may or may not, if you want to take, uh, I'm not the greatest in IT, but if you mm -hmm. want to go from being a network person who's working on all the infrastructure and the network over to being somebody who works on an agile team that's getting involved in development, that's quite a leap. So there has to be some progression uh, for that. It's not necessarily going to happen in one fell swoop. So we'll figure out what that progression is and start developing that individual to move into that other position. So I, I have this quote from John F. Kennedy, and I really love it. Um, it. And the quote goes like this, leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, this podcast is called Relocation Leader. Um yeah, the, with the goal of, you know, advancing professionals and especially professionals in global mobility. Mm -hmm. um, and so since we all want to be leaders here, mm -hmm. um, you know, why is continuing to learn uh, indispensable to leadership? Well, because when people are looking to you to guide them through a situation, it might be a problem, it might be a challenge, uh, it might just be something that's new you have to be aware of how to make help them make that transition. So you have to be a step ahead always, right? You have to be able to uh, gather enough information about whether it's the business world, whether it's the relocation industry, whether it's cultures around the world, you just have to be ready. So you spend a lot of time reading so that you can always be helpful uh, in those aspects of their work. I think um, a huge danger um, to you know professionals in general is thinking like they thinking that they know it all. Mm. You know, <laughs> like I, I think that one of the things about being a uh, a consummate learner, somebody who continues their education, you first have to kind of understand that you don't know everything, right? You know, and that you're not going to operate uh, on your own steam. And then that gives you the humility to then start being curious, asking questions, um, trying to figure out you know, what are the issues, what am I unaware of, and mm -hmm. uh, trying to sort of connect the dots so that you know other people that you're leading who are going to come behind you can uh, they know who to go to to help them connect those same dots. Mm -hmm. You're sort of trailblazing for them, and um, you know I was I was wondering as far as like. You know, the world is not, it's not static. No, it's not. <laughs> and and especially, too, in the relocation industry where we have visibility of so many different um, cultures. Mm -hmm. um, that includes business cultures. And it so, does. <laughs> so, you know, and I wonder if you can maybe speak to that a little bit as far as, you know, you're learning in your culture how to be successful in your business. Mm -hmm. But because your business expands across borders... How has that affected your desire to continue learning? Well, I'll tell you, that's what's kept me in this business for that 40-whatever years, because you get to learn something every day, as I said. And it's one of the things that you want to do is, and, and these are somewhat cliche, I don't mean to be cliche, but to surround yourself with people who have some expertises that you don't have. And that's okay, because you need, I need a person that really knows IT and how to bring those innovations to life. And I need an individual that keeps up on all the immigration laws, because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have the right network. It goes well beyond just the people that are in your 
uh, sphere right here at work, it goes um, into our service partners. They have a wealth of knowledge. And anytime we go to another country, another city, we always meet up with them and we'll go through the tours that the employees would go through that are relocating. Um, we might visit some of the hospitals or we might, um, well, we always try to pick up a few words, right? Because that's the polite thing to do. <laughs> uh, and that's the fun thing to do as well. But it's really having enough people, a big network. We have a global network filled with wonderful service partners that are always helping us learn. And when we don't know, we rely on them and they carry it out. You know, and the, I feel like you there's a principle hidden in there because, um, you know, we every time uh, we get to a point where we need to learn something new mm -hmm. and we take advantage of a service partner to learn that something new or to ask for help when we need help. Yes. Um, that's a business principle. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's recognizing the humility when you're, you know, when you're better working together with somebody else, which is sort of the, the principal reason why we exist as a company, because when, um, you know, corporations, they don't want to manage it in house because there's other corporations who are um, like us, you know, mm -hmm. who right. um, they devote their whole business to understanding how to be the most efficient with relocation, right. you know? And so, you know, the, the, I guess the principle of partnership, you know, it's recognizing what you do best and what other people do best and working together. That's exactly right. I agree with everything that you said and part being partners is very important through this whole process. And it's the only way to have successful moves. Yeah. Only way. Which is kind of cool because, um, you know, with our world incorporating more and more of like AI and where technology is changing, it gives me a lot of relief that, you know, our, our business is still built on partnership mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And, you know, the AI tools are helping us do that job better, but they'll never replace us. Well, one thing I've learned is you never say never, <laughs> but I think it will be very hard to replace us because yeah. there's a lot of empathy, a lot of emotion. There are things that are just, I think, hard to duplicate because sometimes they're just even hard to control within ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know when I'm calling customer service, I'm always hitting the zero as fast as I can. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So this next quote by Alvin Toffler um, it says, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. I like that quote. For all of us who have been in the um, kind of the wake of COVID, the before, the during, and the after, um, we have had to learn to do that. You have to learn to say, we have to do this differently we have to learn a new way. And sometimes it's really hard to unlearn because that's very familiar. It's very easy, um, but it doesn't work anymore. So if you want to be an innovative company, you really have to live by that. How do, so, you know, speaking to like global mobility managers in general, um, when they are trying to do their job well, um, how does this particular quote relate to them? I would relate it to them in that if I move you and I'm working with 
you. I learn about your personality. I learn about your behaviors. I learn how you like to communicate to make that all easier. I can't assume that the next person I move or talk to on the phone that day requires the same type of attention, right? So it's inherent within our work that we have to learn to not stick with one thing. It becomes change management in a way too, but um, you have to be flexible. You have to be able to move from one way to another. And just sort of to piggyback off of that, um, mm -hmm. so in an ever-changing business environment, how do you foster a culture of adaptability within your organization, and how has it contributed to the company's resilience? So I think to become or to be adaptable, you're probably adaptable in some form or fashion. But again, going back to COVID, you had to figure out how to adapt quickly. You had to figure out how to bring your um, trusted resources together and say, how are we going to do this? You know, you, you prepare a disaster recovery policy. You prepare business continuity policy, always with the thought that, well, we're never going to need this. We were lucky. We had them in place, and we did exercises every quarter to make sure we knew what to do. And uh, when COVID hit and we realized this was here to stick around for a while, uh, we started moving individuals out. We had all the technology we needed to do that. We um, were able to manage from a distance. For some managers, they hadn't had that experience yet, but they adapted. I mean, we found ways through uh, things like Team and Zoom and some of those different virtual platforms. Uh, and we learned how to communicate. You always have to have your camera on because we want to see your eyes. <laughs> we want to see your face because that's what you really miss uh, when you're not all together. But being able to adapt to that without skipping a beat on your business, if you didn't learn it during COVID, you probably aren't going to learn it because <laughs> you had to, to survive. And so like making sure some of those things were in place um, before COVID ever hit, mm -hmm. um, you know, it sounds like before that you learned that you had to have some foresight. Yes. <laughs> and then in the midst of it, um, you had to learn how to be adaptable. Yes. And so. Um, well, I think our work makes us adaptable already, but that, that took it to a whole new level. How's your company better right now um, after having gone through COVID? And um, kind of what do you expect from your company in the future? I would say our company is stronger. That's one word, stronger. Mm -hmm. And um, we know the things that will work. We've invested in, we have much more automation than we had before. We uh, ramped that up significantly so that we could, um, if we didn't have employees available, we were able to still deliver the service. So being stronger, being even more flexible, using more automation, and just being an innovative company. And I guess when I go into innovation, I always think, you know, you can, you can uh, introduce a lot of things that are innovative, 
but it takes a little while to introduce it with confidence and know that it's secure and know that it's um, going to meet your needs or you've been able to plan out where it's not and cover for that or get your notifications set up. So the last quote I have um, was from Thomas Huxley and it says, try to learn something about everything and everything about something. Why is that and you know a quote that we should pay attention to? What's the principle there? Kate Dodge, who's our chairman, always said, her father said, I don't care if your job and your career is picking up tiddlywinks, as long as you do it better than anybody else. And I think that's just so important. And that's what really takes you to that next level. So I, I believe in it. And I think, too, uh, one of the things that comes to mind when I hear that quote, again, you know, trying to learn something about everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, it, it's hard to understand people if you're not broadly aware of um, a lot of things, you know, and especially in an industry that is so diverse, you know, as relocation, mm-hmm. um, if you if you don't have a drive to learn a lot about, or a little about a lot of things, then it's going to be hard for you to really make those cultural connections and do business with people who have different interests than you. And um, and how to try to try to make those uh, try to make those interests align, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, learning uh, everything about something, it's that's what makes you valuable to those people. Is you specialize, you find something that you can specialize in that you can become extremely valuable to another person. Mm-hmm. And so you get this sort of play between I understand you and I can help you. I think that's very well stated. Um, the other thing about learning a little bit about everything uh, is that you never know when something in, I'll pick something absurd, in the PBR <laughs> might not translate into your business. And I was at uh, Worldwide ERC, this was 10, 15 years ago, but a speaker said, your next best idea will come from somewhere outside of your industry. And I, I've i never forgotten that. And I look outside. That's why I read a lot of different articles. I look outside for the next best idea all the time. Or people, too. You know? Or people, too. That's right. Yeah. It's amazing what uh, diversity of skills can be applied elsewhere. Um, and so I, I know that we've benefited as an organization from that as well. Yes. I wanted to kind of put a bow on this by just talking about some um, some stats from Pew Research um, related to, you know, lifelong learning, professional development. Um, so Pew Research, they put out a survey and they found that uh, those who saw themselves as lifelong learners, um, that they were more likely than others to uh, be personal learners. So basically to take action on learning um like the take the initiative themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they saw that by a margin of 77% to 40%. And then um, of professional learners, which correlated to uh, personal learners, mm-hmm. um, those who took action um, uh, by increasing their professional skills, um, they saw a 65%, um, or 65% of those people saw an increase in their professional network. 47% saw 
um, that the training which they they performed uh, that it helped advance them in their careers. Twenty nine percent of those people saw that they got or they got a new job uh, either within the same organization or outside the organization, mm-hmm. and twenty seven percent of those people said that that their continued learning helped them consider a different career path. So just kind of with those numbers, what does that make you think of? I agree with that. I didn't know those statistics at all, so they're very interesting to hear. We don't have something that we are looking specifically at as far as lifelong learners, so I'll figure out how to put that into the interviewing process. I think intuitively you can see that sometimes in people by what they've done, what their accomplishments are, you know, what what they tell you about. And I like to think that we have quite a few individuals if not all of them, because I'm a little bit partial, right, Uh, that love to learn or love to, not everybody in every position is going to be a lifelong learner that wants to continue to move into other positions. Some really take that caring position and working with those families who are going through one of the toughest things they'll go through, definitely not the toughest, but one of them, and they're leaving behind their um, all of their uh, you know their backup, their support, and they're going to a new area where likely don't know anybody. Uh, and you have it takes a special person to work with those individuals and help that spouse or partner when they're crying on the other line because they don't know how they're going to communicate in that country let alone how they're going to, you know, find the groceries that they like to eat or what doctor am I going to go to? So lifelong learners are great. People who care and want to keep helping others are very important in our business. And I wouldn't even uh, say that those people aren't lifelong learners either. A lot of those people probably just have a vested interest in learning about other people and how to help other people. Yeah, like that's, that's a good way to look at it. And some some things you really can only learn uh, via experience. And so by them sticking in that position, you know, they're committed to learning how to help other people. And they just see doing it, um, uh, they see the experience as the way that they're growing in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good ones anyway, you yeah. know, which are the ones you want to hire. Yes. So. <laughs> no, it's really good. I just don't want to give the wrong impression of, yeah. you know, the, the types of individuals, but that's very well stated. Thank you. Thank you, Randy, for coming on to Relocation Leader. Uh, we really appreciate your investment into uh, this program, and uh, we hope that this can be a resource for Um, all those who want to grow professionally and especially in global mobility. And uh, we hope that you'll join us next time. This has been Relocation Leader, the podcast where we help professionals advance in the world of global mobility. Find our episodes and the video version in the podcast show notes and listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time.